0: In celebration and opening the Word together, we will do the same here. So I wanted to, to share just a little bit more about something that Claudia was starting to talk about before. It's, um, it's you know every we come into church on a Sunday morning, and we've all like had different experiences that week, different kinds of weeks, and. Um, it's good when we get to share that. And uh, not everybody is going to have an awesome week, and we're not all going to have you know, a, a difficult and a week of struggle. But, but the point is, is that we get together on a Sunday, the first day of the new week, and we get to be encouraged by all these things. And uh, what we also get to do is open the Word of God together. Now, how many of you, when you were a child, were afraid of the dark? afraid of the dark. Yeah, I'm sure the rest of you were not raising your hands. You were and you just still can't get over it or you're still afraid of the dark. That's what it is. So, I remember distinctly as a kid and, you know, you could probably, you know, relate to that and sorry if it's bringing back bad memories. But I remember being afraid of the dark, you know, and it's obviously it's it's common. But um at the foot of my bed, like on the wall facing facing my my bed, I had a nightlight And man, that nightlight was that I I I clung to the safety, the you know the security and comfort that it gave. And you know if if I hadn't turned it on or my parents turned it on, you notice it right away, right? Because after your parents would tuck you in and they close the door, what happens if that nightlight's not on, Mom? You know, and they come back in and gotta have that on. Now, why is that, right? We might think it's childhood fear, and we, you know, many of us, I guess not all of us, but we grow out of that. But there certainly is always within us a fear of the darkness. Well, you think about it, what is it about the darkness that we're afraid of? Especially when we're kids, it's of course the fear of the unknown. We can't see, and that's something that we all kind of fear, right? Sort of that fear of, of what's next or what's around us or, you know, what's ahead of us. And of course, you know, when you're a kid and you're alone in the dark, or maybe even now you go into a dark room, garage or the basement or something, right? And you know that when you turn the light on, everything that's there in the light, right, is still there when it's in the dark. It's the same. You turn the light on, it's you turn the light off, everything's still the same, right? I guess except for the monsters. That's when they come out. Is that what it is? You know, like in Monsters Inc. Remember that that that, that movie? A great movie. And um, but you know we know that, okay? So you know we we understand that intellectually that there's nothing to be afraid of because everything that's there is still there when you turn the light off. But there's something I believe inherent in all of us. It's part of the way we're wired in our DNA to be afraid of the dark. That there is that fear of the unknown, It's a fear of the darkness. And you know, when you turn that little night light on, man, it makes such a difference, because it lights up just enough for you to know that everything's OK, right? Of course, a night light doesn't light up the whole room, but just enough to kind of just give you an outline of, of what's there. Yes, this is my room right? And there's no monsters in the closet, you know, that kind of thing. And So we all need to have at some point, in some way, a light, right? Now, maybe it's something that we don't often think about, but what does that look like in our lives? So as adults, what does the darkness look like to us? Maybe when we're a kid, it's just the room at night when we go to sleep and it's scary because we don't know what's going to happen. It's all quiet and it's all dark and we're just laying there, maybe under our covers, right? But as adults, we grow like, what does darkness look like to us? Because maybe we're no longer afraid of of a dark room. But darkness goes way beyond that, doesn't it? How about in a spiritual sense or an emotional sense, that we can truly experience darkness, right? So in our lives today, darkness can look like many things. It can look like depression. It can look like really strong fears that grip us. You know, as Claudia was mentioning, her and I and our, and our kids, we, we had a pretty heavy week. And of course you don't anticipate it, you don't see it coming up, but in many ways it was a week spent in a lot of darkness and a lot of fear. We have a very close friend of ours, I was able to officiate their wedding and we've known them a long time and they have two young children and, and a newborn, they're in the middle of moving from Boston back to New Jersey, got a new job and in the middle of all of that of, you know, um, giving notice to the old company, letting the new company know when he's going to start, giving notice to the the current landlord, signing a new lease here in New Jersey to start on September 1st. He's the one that got hit by the car and was trapped under the car. And his wife is up there. There's no family. All the family's here and she's home with the two young kids. And it's at night and, and he gets hit by the car and is trapped. And so what? She gets a call from the hospital. Can you imagine? Maybe some of you have been through that. And so, um, you know, we've been able to pray and and kind of walk through this journey the last few days with her and the family, and praise God, like He's doing so much better than the doctors would have expected in, in his situation. Hardly any bruising or broken bones except the shoulder, but of course, the main thing is the head trauma. And he is spending and has spent the last few days in darkness. Praise God, he's awake and he's walking around, but he still has no memory of what happened and is not talking a lot. And of course, there's so much unknown when we talk about like a brain injury, right? And don't know how he's going to recover. And the doctors and nurses are so confident and so optimistic, but yet what they do say is it's going to be a long road of recovery. What a week of darkness for him. And his wife who has to make decisions for him about his job. Telling the old employer, what do you tell the new employer? What are you legally bound to tell them? How about the old landlord? Are they going to be able to move? How about the new landlord? Are they going to move in in, in two weeks? He's not going to be ready. All these things, how overwhelmingly dark it has been for her as well. And we have a close friend at work where Claudia works and... Um, He's new on the staff. They just moved from California. Him and his wife and four kids. And they had the one on the way and she's the one that miscarried and lost the baby. Today is the funeral. About 20 weeks. What a devastating time. And you know, today is the funeral and it's also supposed to be a birthday party for somebody else that is on staff. There's somebody who they had ministered to, was living in the darkness through drugs and alcohol addiction on the street, who has come to know Christ as her Savior, and is now part of the relief bus and working there and ministering there, and had never been told that she was loved, never had a birthday party. Today is supposed to be the birthday party. So you have a birthday party, everybody's ready to celebrate, and somebody else on that team mourning the loss of an unborn child. Claudia and I have been able to meet with couples um, that we know, couples that um, we've met from the past and past churches and work and everything. And there's a few um, couples and families that we've been counseling with that are really struggling, struggling in their marriages deeply, darkness in these relationships but here is where the Lord has brought me. And I share all that because here's what I wanted to share with you. That where the, where the Lord has brought me this week it's back to His Word. Because what does the Word of God say about itself for us in the light of darkness? If you would turn to Psalm 119 in your bibles there should be one in front of you if you didn't bring it i want you to look at it it'll be up on the screen for you there it is as well but if you would turn to it too perhaps it's a verse you've heard before in song or preached on or spoken perhaps you've read it before would you look at psalm 119 verse 105 just the one verse Psalm 119, verse 105, it says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Here's a verse to memorize if you haven't already. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I would encourage all of you this week to read Psalm 119. I thought about it. I thought about reading the whole thing this morning. If you'll notice, there's 176 verses. This is the longest chapter in all of Scripture. And you know what it's about? It's about the Word of God. It's the psalmist crying out to God, verse after verse. If you re- I really want you to read through it this week. Read through it, all of the verses, all 176 verses, and you'll see how clear it is. The psalmist is talking to God about how in love he is with his law and his word and the counsel of God. That's what the whole psalm is about. It's a testimony to the power of the word of God in his life and in our lives. And this one verse kind of sums it up, but you'll see it. It's all throughout there how much he loves the law and the Word of God and how desperate he is for it and how much he needs it in his life every day. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Think about that. What does light do? What does light do? It reveals the darkness it overcomes the darkness what is the purpose of light you read throughout scripture and we know that light dispels the darkness we need the light of God we know that scripture tells us that Jesus is the light of the world the word is a lamp to our feet a light for our path we're gonna look at a couple of other scriptures you know in Jesus day they of course did not have electricity they certainly didn't have a uh, flashlight on an iPhone, right? Where you can light the way. They had oil lamps. They were small oil lamps, pretty fit in your hand. And think about that. How much could an oil lamp light around you? Now, you know, if you're driving down the, the highway around here at night, we know that there's always construction, right? There always seems to be construction, But whenever there's construction at night, especially if they're fixing a bridge or something, they bring these big, powerful lights, right? Man, it makes it look like it's daytime. And you pass by, it lights everything up. Now the opposite of that would be like what they had back then, just an oil lamp. But the key there is that it would only light just enough to see a few steps in front of you. Have you ever been camping and you bring your flashlight You know, you need to see the path. Of course, there's no street lights. There's no lights on out in the wilderness. You put the flashlight on, you can only see a little bit in front of you. A few yards, 10, 20 yards maybe, right? But the idea is that it's just enough to to get you for a few steps, but then you keep relying on that light, right? But that's what the Word of God does for us. You remember back in Genesis chapter 1, it's funny, I was marking up my Bible just with uh, some sticky notes so I could find the Scriptures and I was kind of laughing, like if I can't find Genesis 1, there's a problem. I still mark it Genesis 1, so I'm like, alright. Uh, if you don't know, it's at the very beginning. And, uh, but listen to what it says. I'm going to read Genesis 1 and then John 1. Maybe you've done that before, read these in conjunction. But look at what it says. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Giving us the big picture. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Can you get the picture there? Just close your eyes and think about that. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. It was chaotic. It was dark. In verse 3, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. Did you ever think about that? What was the first creative thing that God did when He spoke the world into motion? What did He create first? The light. He said, let there be light, because the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Doesn't that sound ominous? So what did God do? He said, let there be light. And He said it was good. It's separated from the darkness. We need that light in our lives. Look at John 1 now. John chapter 1, just the first five verses. Just keep in mind what we just read. I know you've read it before. God said, let there be light. Because it said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And it was, there was darkness hovering over the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And that was good. The light is good. And look at what it says in John 1. In the beginning, again, it starts the same way. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word being our Lord Jesus. And the Word, these are His words we have in our hands. It says, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing, without Him, not anything made was made. In Him was life, this is verse 4, And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. that awesome? So this morning it's all about light, a light in the darkness. We need that light in our lives. You know, it also says in Hebrews 4.12, It says, for the Word of God, it's living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. What does light do? It reveals what's there, right? The Word of God is our light. His Word is a light to our feet. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. How can we live without the Word of God? Did you ever think about the Word of God as actually His words? Now, He doesn't speak to us audibly anymore, right? But this is how He speaks to us. Do you know when, whenever Claudia and I have that opportunity to do pre-marriage counseling or like I said, walking through some dark times with couples that are already married, All those conversations always come back to this one word, communication. Communication is the key to any intimate relationship, isn't it? Whether you're married and you know that full well, or it's with brothers and sisters or parents or good friends, it's communication. That's what leads to intimacy when you have those open lines of communication. What is the Word of God? It's God communicating Himself to us. It's Him revealing Himself to us. It's His revelation. He says, here I am. This is God speaking to us. The next time you open God's Word and you read it, think of it that way. This is God actually speaking to you. An ancient text, yet still alive and well. It is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The Scripture as light, Helps to reveal anger. It helps to reveal things like depression and sadness. It helps to uncover our fears and insecurities that can often lead to destructive habits. Listen to some of the things um, about the Word of God, statements about the Word of God. It contains the most the most ancient antiquities, the most strange events. The most wonderful stories of love, biography, history, wars, historic deeds and adventures, travels and voyages. Did you ever think of the word of God like that? It describes the celestial and the terrestrial. It gives the origin of the universe, of angels, of innumerable living creatures. It contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation. It contains light to direct your path. The Word of God should fill your memory, rule your heart, and guide your feet into all righteousness and holiness. We should read it slowly, frequently, prayerfully, meditatively, searchingly, devotionally, constantly, preservingly, and industriously. We should read it through and through until it becomes part of our being And generates a faith that will move mountains. It is given to us in this life. It will be opened in the judgment. And it will last forever. How often do we be be reminded of that? Brother Bob was saying, you know what? We're going to take people with us. We want to take as many as possible. God is eternal. Every living person is eternal. Is going to live somewhere, right? We know it's with God or without God for all of eternity. But also, the Scripture says of itself that this will last forever. For it is the words of the eternal God. James tells us that the Word of God is a mirror for our reflection to look closely at. That it reveals things within us. It is a lamp to guide us. It is bread for the hungry. It is honey for dessert. Psalm 19.10 The Bible is God's inspired revelation of the origin and destiny of all things. I'm going to read that again. The Bible is God's inspired revelation of the origin and destiny of all things. It is inexhaustible and infinite in its coverage of truth for this life and the one yet to come. So the question that I'm hoping that all of you are asking yourselves at this point, is why don't I read this book more often? Because we all are there. What is it that is stopping you from opening this book once a day, twice a day, throughout the day? From memorizing it and keeping it in your heart so that it transforms you? See, this is the open door to an intimate relationship with God. When we open the Word of God, it is God speaking to us. You know, it's been said that there's really not so much a need for more intelligent Christians and more gifted Christians, but simply for deeper Christians. It's this idea of just being on the surface of the water, recognizing that the truth, the life that God really has for us to live, as His church is in deeper waters. is about w- wanting to go after deeper things. It is recognizing a thirst within us for that stream of living water that we would go deeper by opening the Word of God. Perhaps you've grown weary of these surface experiences and maybe you're left feeling directionless or without forward motion. Perhaps you feel jaded or callous to believing that anything in your life could actually change. You know, it's kind of like when we go sailing. Many of you have been sailing before. You can go out onto a sailboat, out into the middle of the bay or out into the ocean, and if you have your sail all tied up, where are you going to go? But once you loosen that sail, I don't know what you call it, you hoist the sail? I don't know. Right? What are you doing? You are allowing the wind to do its thing. You're opening up the possibility of forward motion. That's what happens when you open the Word of God. Right? It opens that door and that that connection point with the living God. He has already spoken to us and He does that through His Word. It is a treasure trove, but we need to go deeper. We need to open the Word of God and read it. What's holding you back? Is it fear? Is it doubt that it will do anything? Is it an insecurity that maybe you won't understand it? Maybe you feel like you don't have the time. You know, the only way that we can truly change in this life and move forward and hoist that sail is to let God do His thing within us. True transformation doesn't happen from the outside in. It's from the inside out. It's that inside out transformation. It's that learning and growing and serving and then repeating that process. But it really does start and end with an intimate relationship with our Creator. And Jesus Christ Himself has reconciled us back to God. That we now have the Word in our possession, the very words of God to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And I think it was Brother uh, Phil that said it, that you know what, sometimes and oftentimes it's just enough to get us a few steps. you ever feel like that? Did you know that with God we're on a need-to-know basis? So when God's not answering your prayers or He says no, He's saying you don't need to know right now. Right now. So God's Word is like a lamp to our feet. It's not like those big bright spotlights on the parkway. It's a lamp. It's a flashlight. Just enough. God designs that so that we need to trust in Him. Is that right? So we need to keep going back to our source of light in a dark world. It is the most important spiritual discipline. There's lots of spiritual disciplines. Fasting. Meditating. Time of contemplative, you know, just time before God. The two most important spiritual disciplines are prayer and reading the Word of God. Because those are our open lines of communication with Him. So I'll end with this. You know, um, a few times since we've been blessed to be here at Trinity, uh, over almost a year and a half now, I've been able to share with some of you a couple of times from from the pulpit of being able to share with you part of my story and my uh, struggles with anxiety and depression. Many of you are new and you haven't heard that and I would love to be able to share with that, share you, uh, share with, (laughs) I'll do a better job if you ask me and I'll, I'll share it with you. But I would love to be able to share my heart about my struggles with that. Because every time I do, I get more and more people come up to me and say thank you for sharing. Because I didn't think that I was allowed to do that. I thought as a Christian I couldn't struggle with things like depression or anxiety. But I just want to share one little part of that story. And this is how I'm going to end. I'm smelling the hamburgers too, by the way. So it's okay. When it was at its worst, this was the year 2000... Before I even knew what it was, before it was clinically diagnosed, when it was at its worst, I would lay in bed for days on end. I had lost confidence in everything, even to the point of counting my every breath. I would lay in bed. I had no desire to eat. I lost almost 70 pounds. I have since found them. but you know i would lay in bed and i had again lost confidence in everything i would count every breath can you imagine and i would just breathe and i am i going to breathe again is the next one my last like that's how deep the depression was the the panic the anxiety my mind was playing tricks on me i think many of you have been there and i just had thought that i had lost my mind right i was not rational in anything that I was thinking. But all I had that kept me going in that deep, deep darkness was the Word of God. And I had two scriptures that kept coming to mind. I would repeat these over and over just to get some restless sleep. Just to get my mind off of counting my every breath and it was two Scriptures, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, the one that says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the promise there is that the peace of God, right, the peace of God, that transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. I needed Jesus to guard my mind because I didn't trust it anymore. And then Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you, be not dismayed, for I am your God, I will strengthen you, I will help you, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand in that darkness, I truly felt like I was falling. Did you ever like fall asleep, just kind of sitting, and then you wake up, and you feel like you 're falling, right? It was like dark, and all of a sudden you, I did that in college once, I was sitting in the front row, Needless to say. But you're in this darkness and you feel like you're falling. And I had just kept reciting the words of God over and over. It was the only light that I had. God was giving me great words of wisdom and support for my beautiful wife and family around you. But you know, sometimes those words don't get through. Sometimes God will use that as light and the light can't penetrate that deep darkness. But I can tell you what can, it is the Word of God. So no matter what God is allowing you to go through, or will let you go through, for whatever His reasons, His sovereign reasons, please turn to the Word of God. Start there. Not only turn back to the Word of God, but stay in the Word of God. For it truly is a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. For you know, in the beginning, the first thing God created was light, and He said it was good. The light of the world has overcome the darkness. Jesus Christ is the light in the world. And through His Holy Spirit, He lives within us. That means we have that light within us now. We have been made new creations in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. The old is dark, the new is light and life. Meditate on the Word of God. Go back to it. Stay in it every day. God will speak to you through it. If you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling a little lost, a little off, a little distant from God, just go back to the Word. It is a spiritual discipline because it's not natural for us in our natural state. But in our spiritual newness and being renewed like the video said earlier, turn back to God, open His Word. Let Him speak truth and life and light into your life. going to pray for us now and then i'm going to ask that we would all go and enjoy a great time of fellowship continue to encourage each other about what god is doing in your life and how the word of god has been a light to your path let's all stand and pray together father god we thank you for being our light in the darkness we recognize that from the very beginning You saw that there was darkness hovering over the deep. And You did. You created light. You spoke it into being. God, what what an incredible testimony of the power of Your Word. We can't truly even fathom that. But You spoke words, and there was created beings. You spoke the words, let there be light, and there was light. Only You, God, can do that. So God, would You remind us of even that, that Your Word is that lamp and light for our path, for our spiritual journey. God, if that powerful Word of Yours created light, we thank You for giving us Your Word, the Scriptures, that we can open it and it will illuminate the truth. It will be a lamp for our feet and a light to our path. God, thank You for it. God, would You convict us this week? Would You challenge us through Your Holy Spirit within us to get into Your Word? To read it? God, to to let it soak and sink deep in. And as we learn Your Word and, and digest it, that it would then transform us from the inside out to help us to grow, that we would then go and share it with others and serve Your people in Your church and in our communities. God, thank You for the power of Your Word that is light in a dark world. God, we have experienced that light in our lives. That light, the Word, Your Word, Jesus Christ Himself has dispelled the darkness and led us into life eternal with You. A light of life. God, we know Your Word says that there will be no sun needed in heaven. In the new heavens and the new earth, because Your glory will light our way. Praise You, God. We thank You that we have a picture of it now. We have Your communication to us. God, would You move us to open Your Word. Remember it always. Especially when we're in those dark places in life. God, remind us to go to Your Word. That it would be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Bless us now as we have a great time of fellowship. God, help us to enjoy this time together, encouraging each other in our journey with You. And that we would then take that joy and that thanksgiving to wherever You may call us to go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's...